This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's a robot tax, and why would the Green Party be proposing it? Mm-hmm. Yes, Green Leader uh, Elizabeth May running on a platform that not only has been given a failing grade because none of it adds up, but the costs of her platform so enormous that she's going to have to raise about $60 billion in taxes every single year. And other than taxing your very existence, your soda pop, every bank transaction, I mean, it's crazy the taxes that they'll uh, be charging. One of the ideas is to implement a robot tax, which would force a company then to pay a tax equivalent to the income tax that would be paid by that laid off employee. So every time they're replaced by a robot, that robot then has to pay those fees. And her view is that the money can then be used to retrain those being replaced by the robots. Look, we know artificial intelligence is going to be replacing humans. And it's a matter of time before robots replace pretty much every one of us, including myself, probably. But, um, you know, if you're looking for a business, you know, ways of decreasing labor costs, I'm not sure you're going to want to pay a robot tax. I don't even think there'd be enough robots to pay the tax, but I don't know how you'd make this work. But let's ask someone who probably does know how this works. His name is Seth Benzel. He's a postdoctoral associate with MIT Initiative on the Digital Economy. Hello there, Seth. Hey, Alex. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it's great to have you here with us. I'm going to pick your brain on this particular um, economy. You know, we've we've seen it uh, come faster, I think, than a lot of people thought. You know, artificial intelligence and robots replacing humans. How quickly are we going to see a total digital economy? Like, what's the reality of that? Well, it's a great question, Alex. Um, I think that the best way to try to guess about the future rather than try to extrapolate from science fiction is to think about the recent past. So why are people uh, worried about automation? So uh, over the past 40 or so years across the developed world, and that includes Canada, there's been a decrease in what we call labor share of national income. So if you take GDP, you can ask what share of that is being paid to workers Mm -hmm. versus what share of that is being paid to people who own machines and own companies. And in a lot of the developed world, that's decreased significantly. And in Canada, it's gone down by seven percentage points. And that's been contributing to decreased, uh, you know, to stagnant wages for a lot of median uh, jobs and to uh, increasingly wage polarization so that the jobs are being destroyed tend to be middle-income jobs, and they're getting replaced with sort of low-end jobs and some high-end executive jobs. So extrapolating that into the future, uh, so labor share of national income uh, started in the high 60 percentage points and has come down about uh, 7 percentage points in Canada over the last 40 years. You want to kind of linearly extrapolate that. We're still a long way away from no one making wages. Okay. All right. Well, that's good news because maybe I can retire out of the business rather than be replaced by a a robot that's much smarter than me. But it is something that um, is a reality in the future. We've already seen, I mean, I just talked to a a, a guy about, um, you know, a robot now able to pick fruit and vegetables because it's precision and it's artificial intelligence gives it that, um, you know, the precision to be able to pick up a piece of fruit without denting it. So we do know it's coming. We already know it's being used in farming and in auto manufacturing jobs. 
Where else, though, uh, are we going to see automation that most people would not think to see automation that will replace uh, labor force? So that's a really good question. So where is the automation coming? Uh, I have a friend who's doing a study on this. You should think about jobs that are dirty, dear, or dangerous first. So jobs where you really don't want humans doing the job. But I want to make kind of a more important point here, which is wherever you see the robot isn't necessarily where the jobs are getting destroyed. And I think that this is one of the main drawbacks of any sort of proposed robot tax. So people say, hey, let's tax the robot, but it's not 100% clear that wherever the machine shows up is where a job is created or destroyed. Let me give an example of that. In the United States, in the 90s, ATMs started, automated teller machines started getting distributed all over the place. They went from about zero in the 80s to over 400,000 today. Now, those ATMs can do almost everything a bank teller in the old days used to, be, used to do and be responsible for, take deposits, give out withdrawals. Mm-hmm. But over the last 30 years, the number of bank teller jobs in the United States has actually increased, and has actually increased at a rate that's faster than the normal rate of job growth. So what that tells you is that a form of automation might actually boost the productivity of a sector so much that employment increases, even if a robot is doing part of the work that used to be done by a human. Right. But governments, in your view, should not get too excited about, you know, making oodles of money off of robot taxes, because it sounds to me like when robots, you know, finally replace humans and and replace the labor force, you're not going to need as many robots as you would humans. So they'll never make the kind of money that they hope to, uh, you know, kill us and bury us with. Well, I think, I think at one level it's just impossible to administer because, you know, if a, a new Excel spreadsheet program comes out that makes accountants twice as good, it's not obvious ex ante whether that's going to lead to more employment of accountants or less employment of accountants. So just any sort of tax where you're trying to guess what job the robot is emplacing is going to be very hard to administer. Um, other than that, you know, it's not obvious that you want to tax, levy the tax, so the, the tax that had been proposed had been proportionate to how many people had become, un- the difference between the cost of the robot and the amount of the people who had become unemployed. And in some ways, you know, you, it'd be one thing if we're replacing a human with a robot that's sort of mediocre and um, we're getting rid of a job, but the cost of the product isn't going down. What we really want to do, if we're going to replace a worker, we want to replace them with a really cheap robot so the Mm. prices of goods can come down. Mm -hmm. So to try to make those seem equal, like this tax seems to propose to, might not be a great idea. No, and the unions won't be too happy because it's very, very difficult to unionize robots, uh, you know, all of these things. But they are coming into play. I mean, these are the things that in 20, 30 years, you know, when my son gets older and maybe you should be giving advice, what would you be putting your youngster into today uh, in order to compete in, in the robotic world that, you know, I didn't have to compete against, but it certainly will replace me probably in the next 20, 30 years? In the very long run, you should be thinking about what can humans do that's unautomatable? So if we had a huge amount of cheap manufactured goods produced by robots and cheap digital services provided by robots, what are the things at the end of the day that you really want a human for? So those are things like artisanal services, mm-hmm. artisanal authentic products, coaching, one-on-one attention from another human. So I would, I would um, not 
ask, advise them against thinking about the more creative and interpersonal fields. Right. All right. Well, uh, with me as his mother and not having a clue in math, he's doomed with my help. But nonetheless, I'll give him that <laughs> advice. Hey, Seth, thanks so much. I appreciate the time. Alex, it was an absolute pleasure and good luck to you uh, in the next round of t- uh, tax policy making. <laughs> Thank you. I'll come to you uh, if I need help. Appreciate right. it. That's uh, Seth Vanzel joining us. Look, it's coming. It's coming. I don't know what the world's going to be like when it does come. I think it's going to be pretty creepy.